What is up, Brothers of Discussion listeners? This is episode 19 on Brothers of Discussion, and we're just uh, happy to have you back for another week. Uh, we talked about Crown Jewel as we approached Saturday about our just picks and things of that nature when it comes to the premium live event. And overall, Fanboy Dave, the pay-per-view or premium live event, if you want to call it nowadays, is it didn't disappoint. It definitely had a WrestleMania card-like uh, feel to it. And overall, I was pretty satisfied with the show. What say you? Yeah, real good show. Um, maybe probably the best uh, Crown Jewel so far feel like it was a long uh premiere live event um but definitely i mean um i enjoyed it i mean saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning what better way to start your day since the longhorns didn't play at six and the astros didn't play till 703 that night so good way to start the morning with the premiere live event of wwe yeah, I mean, there's definitely some things that could have improved, but like you said, I felt like it wasn't drawn out. I felt like it was probably one of the better Crown Jewel shows for sure. Uh, let's get right into it. A person that's been to every single Crown Jewel and competed, uh, here's a little trivia, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is one of the only ones that's ever participated at every single Crown Jewel. Uh, kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley kick off the show, the almighty Bobby Lashley. What was your thoughts on this match? Did you? I am so shocked, Big Kev. You've been well, talking about months. I'm ready for I know. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley going. And you're just like, eh. Do you hear the disappointment in my voice? Okay. I'm a little, just a little bit disappointed. But, I mean, again, I didn't think this was going to be a wrestling match. I mean, obviously, they're not really, you know, Brock Lesnar obviously has a wrestling background. But, you know, he's not really one to bounce around in the ring like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and things of that nature. But, and they're just the size wise, right? I just was hoping for a little bit more, just a little extra on this one. I thought it was a great match. I mean, way to start off and Bobby does not wait and comes out of the ring. And for the first uh, uh, part of the match, I mean, he is just dominating Brock Lesnar. And what was so crazy is you could feel like the fans were in it but it was more that Brock, even though he came out and attacked Bobby on Raw, that they were going for Brock Lesnar. And so in S that Brock was the face and uh Les uh um and um Bobby was the the heel. And um I mean yeah, it was it was a decent match, uh good spots, um, but just the dominance that Bobby showed, the almighty, and even after he lost. He gets uh, Brock Lesnar back into the hurt lock and he makes Brock just fade out and look like Brock was hurting. And it looks like WWE is going back to the almighty being uh, a bad guy, being a heel. So my question to you um, is if Bobby Lashley is going back to a heel, does the hurt business get back together and try to dominate? Interesting. I don't think Bobby needs the hurt business per se, but I would definitely want to rule it out. I think they definitely need to crank up the, I think the intensity is starting to ramp up. They need to crank it up one more notch because I feel like clearly they're laying the groundwork for the rubber match here coming up since Lesnar got the win uh, this past weekend and Lashley's beaten uh, Lesnar the year before out of it. But I don't think it's over for sure. Obviously the way it ended. And then also there was some, uh, Interviews afterwards with, with, you know, Lashley was clearly not happy of how it went down. 
and uh, he he definitely wants to win. He definitely wants to beat Brock Lesnar. So we'll have to see. Definitely. And um, right after that, before we get into the match, did you see, um, because our next match was the women's uh, tag team championship match, but before um, Asuka and Bailey came out, did you see what popped up on the back of the TV when Byron Saxton was interviewing um, uh, the team of Alexa Bliss and Asuka? I sure, sure did. It was uh, the uh, image of that one Bray Wyatt. So did we'll have to see we'll her to see. face. Like she saw a ghost is the best way I can describe her face. I saw. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And then um, of course, you know, she does the interview, but are they trying to put a layer? And I know we'll talk about Bray and what happened with his appearance, but maybe is she, she going to be part of the white six? Um, or are they just throwing that out there to swerve us? You know, it's just, very interesting to see how uh, WWE is trying to do this whole thing, keeping us guessing. But let's get back to it. You have your tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Asuka, going to fight the the champions before of Damage Crow of Kai and Sky. And this match, I mean, you know, I I, I enjoyed it. You know, uh, I was going back and forth, and I was thinking, you know, Bailey was going to interfere this and that, and, you know, giving the women, you know, you know, opportunity to be a second match. And I don't know if you noticed it, but the fans were so invested in this match that, I mean, they, they weren't, um, they were not bored or anything of any of the spots. And I think they really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I definitely think as a wrestling match, this was better than Brock and, and Bobby, as far as from a wrestling match perspective. Uh, and I thought I was into it. I enjoyed it. Uh, of course, you know, I'm very high on Asuka just as a as a professional wrestler as a whole. Uh, probably probably definitely top three, definitely in the company. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed this match. And of course, we know at the end, we thought we were going to see Bliss and Asuka retain the titles. But then somebody else comes out. And it was that alliance that was been building up with damage control. And that's the cross alliance. And Nikki Cross comes in and assist with the for the victory of damage control. Kai and Sky are the new WWE women's tag team champions. And so I didn't like that because we had just talked about, man, this is great for Alexa and Asuka gives them a title. They are, you know, top tier names in the company when it comes to the women. But maybe it was just that. Maybe it was believable for them to get the belts on them. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this match a little better uh, grade on this one. But overall, uh, enjoyed this match uh, with uh, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and, of course, Damage Control, which is with Kai and Sky. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and it's just weird to think because when Nikki Cross came back on Monday Night Raw, she attacked Bianca and Bailey. So now she's teaming up with them. I mean, I, I, I don't make any sense of that. Maybe they're like, okay, be bygones, be bygones. And... Now she's going to be with them. I don't know. But, yes, overall, correct. Good match. Uh, was not happy to see them win, but still a uh, decent match for uh, for uh, being um, on the card for Crown Jewel. I know we're, we're going to get to Bailey in a second, but how did you like their uh, outfits? Kind of like a spacesuit, astronaut-esque. Like, it was kind of cool. I, I like the outfits that Kai and Sky were wearing. Well, kind of jumpsuit. Was pretty cool. Well, you have to uh, realize and understand um, uh, very different uh, rules and regulations for the women in Saudi Arabia versus America. 
So basically being, you know, covered from head to toe. So yeah, how they were able to still um, put their spin on their um, gear. I thought that was a real cool thing to do, even though they had to be uh, dressed from head to toe, not showing any skin. Uh, the next match was Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, And again, old fanboy Dave gets another uh, dub on this one because he does pick McIntyre to win, and that's just what happens. He escapes before Cross can exit out the door as he falls onto the mat, uh, escaping from the cage first. And again, this is one of those I thought Cross could get a victory here, but fanboy Dave gets the dub on this one in regards to the pick. Um, enjoyed it again for what it was worth. It's a steel cage match. So you're very limited on what you can do in the ring. It's not like you can kind of bounce off the ropes very well. And of course you're only, uh, only have that 20 by 20 squared circle as a mat, as a canvas to, to write your music, if you will. Um, but enjoyable, um, after the match and after the show, I read and learned that McIntyre actually had the flu. He competed and he said, hey, I'm going to be there. Uh, just shows what kind of professional he is to go out there and have a show with Karrion Cross, even under the circumstances of the flu, you know, because that's going around. But uh, how did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? How did you like it? How could it have been yeah, better? The, the match overall, I mean, I mean, Scarlett's look coming out, looked like she had those little spikes in her eyes or below her eyes. Look kind of cool as well, too. But overall, yeah, um, getting them in the steel cage, Try to keep uh, Scarlet out. I mean, it kind of worked, but it really didn't. Um, I think they just need to band her, you know, but she is so much part of Carrion's gimmick that I think she's always going to be around and you always have to watch out for her. But all in all, for them to get uh, the steel cage match, do the couple of spots, and then Drew getting the win, just like I said, you know, tied up. I think one of the reasons why Drew got the win is just because you really can't just have Karrion go over really that well because then he wouldn't have anybody to feud with. But then also, that also gives time for him to develop his character because I'm not saying he's fallen out of favor with Triple H, but I think they still want to see how where they can go with this Drew McIntyre story because uh, maybe Triple H is just like, well... Carrion's not ready to take on the tribal chief and we need to st see more from him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not into Carrion Cross. I've been upfront about that. It's just something about, I mean, nothing personal or anything like that whatsoever. I just, just like McIntyre as a, as a performer uh, a little better, but I feel like they're a good fit. I feel like they have chemistry. I think uh, in this match particularly, it was like a creative issue. Um, I just, some of the thoughts, some of the notes I took down, I just didn't get. I just felt like, why was, you know, McIntyre so easily distracted by Scarlett? And I just felt like, why didn't, why didn't neither of them go for pinfalls after hitting the signature moves? Um, because they could have done that too. You know, why, why, why would he have not exited through the door when the entire purpose of the cage was to shield him away from Scarlett? So going back to the kind of the Scarlett things, like, why are you getting distracted? Like, she can't get to you. I don't know. Just little little things like that. It's probably nothing, but just something that I took note of. But again, I feel like they have um, another match, definitely another match left in the tank for this one. And I agree. I think, you know, you still have to build Karrion Cross up because even though he was in the company with NXT, now he's on the main card. We still got to get to know him a little better. So 
we'll have to see. Uh, the next one, we have the OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows taking on the Judgment Day, which uh, comprises of Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. And this gave this match gave the fans a lot of different looks. Um, I, I enjoy this match uh, again. Uh, we had a good one. Man, where does this go? Because I'm kind of like this. Just when you think the Judgment Day kind of gets stale, as we talked about in the past, especially with the edge, and then you get the injury to edge, and you get the injury here and there. But now I kind of want to see more of the Judgment Day. It's kind of like flipped the script. Like I thought I was not wanting to see him, and now I do want to see him. This is definitely not over, especially how the the finish went down with the with Rip Ripley getting involved. Yeah, Rhea uh, Ripley getting involved is I think what keeps the Judgment Day still fresh, and it's just like you know we both were a little wrong. We were hoping to see somebody like uh, come and challenge Rhea Ripley or help the OC. But then again, it's the numbers game, four versus three. And um, even though the OC tried their best, you know, to and they got some close uh, close uh, counts on a pinfall. But at the same token, it's just four uh, is always going to be three. And so the Judgment Day wins to prove their dominance and basically having the OC's number. And it's just like, how much longer until we finally get somebody to come challenge Rhea Ripley or someone that's going to help the OC get a win if they do uh, wrestle again um, and t- tonight or, you know, war games. I mean, just something's got to give soon because, like I said, it's just – the same thing that they're always going to be outnumbered and they're always going to lose. It was Braun Strowman versus Omos. And, you know, for what it was worth, as far as like the big men, I actually enjoyed this match because they were actually working. Uh, usually in this type of situation, you have these two giant men. You don't really get a good wrestling match out of it. They definitely have chemistry together, I feel like. How'd you enjoy it? Did you? No, no. I mean, I, I, overall, I think it was a, it was a, it was a decent, good match. You know, uh, Braun sold a lot. I mean, because in uh, other matches, you know, Braun's usually the bigger of the, of the opponents, and for him to just basically be get manhandled by Omas was, um, you know, just be like, dang, man. So it just showed that Omas um, has grown as a, as a competitor and as a. WWE superstar that maybe you can give them a little bit more or trust them a little bit more with other matches uh, versus just these squash matches he was having with local talent, just, you know, because it's just easy to show his dominance on that. But for Braun to sell the, some of the moves that he was getting done to him and then Braun getting, some people say uh, the monster among monsters getting that break, and being able to power slam uh, Omas and get the one two three shows that like man like he he just he just got this one by the skin of his teeth and it didn't look good because uh, Omas was dominating the majority of the match so I think I think it was a good way to do that to s- still keep both of them strong uh, because Omas like I said dominated the majority and Braun still got the win somehow some way. And you can still try another match or something else. Yeah, it was kind of one of those matches where Strowman was actually an underdog in this match, uh, just based on size, right, and, and things of that nature. And for them to go out there and actually have a competitive match, you know, to me, to be honest, when you look at the card, 
you're thinking, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to go get my popcorn. I'm going to sleep. You know, you do want to see them because they're just attractions. They're huge individuals, huge human, huge human beings. But for what the match was, it was kind of one of those kind of a sleeper match right there uh, in the sense of a good, you know, good, positive sleeper. How do you think Davy Boy Smith would uh, enjoy uh, Strowman's uh, power slam there? I think he'd give a little subpar because yeah, when you're watching, uh, Braun almost dropped Omos. So it wasn't as clean and flush. So I think he might be like, yeah, right. Could have been better. But I mean, you know, Omos, you know, was he seven, three, seven, four, 415 pounds? I mean, that's a lot of human being to try to lift up, man. So. Uh, kudos to Braun for still getting the somewhat power slam on him to get the dub. Yeah. Hey, the next match was, uh, it was a fun one. It's the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes with Butch and Rich Holland. Of course, Jimmy and Jay is with the Usos, the Bloodline, Undisputed Tag Team Championship. Yeah, no, it was great. You know, the Brawling Brutes and the Usos have a decent chemistry. Um, And, you know, with Butch and Holland, you know, Holland out of all four of them is probably the strongest one out of all of them. And for him to get his power moves out and Butch trying to break the fingers of uh, the Usos. Um, but the reason the Usos are the longest reigning uh, uh, undisputed champions is because, I mean, sometimes you just can't teach that when you have chemistry and they're brothers and, you know, they they just know where each other is going to be in the ring. And I think that just gave him a little bit more advantage uh, versus the brawling brutes since they haven't been a tag team for that long. And I mean, it wasn't no surprise that um, the bloodline was going to win. And just like Jay always says, you the twos, but we the ones. And they got a one and done with the one, two, three to retain the undisputed um, tag team championships. Yeah, no doubt. Um, did you hear the Saudi fans break out and we want Sammy uh chance? Yes. And that's what's so uh unique and strange because um those people over there generally, no live uh, no WWE event, uh they do not like Sammy because he is he's Syrian, correct? Yeah, he's some type of uh one of those nationalities that yeah and, goes and, against and, their Hard yeah, world. and that was so crazy. I was gonna text you too because you had the Saudi people saying we want Sammy. It's like uh, fire and gasoline; like it just doesn't go. But just to hear them say that, I mean, we're not here to preach progress and whatever, you know, because this is a wrestling podcast. But it just reminded me of the Rocky thing. If I could change, you could change. Everybody could change because you had uh, Saudi Arabian people uh, asking. For Sami Zayn is a phenomenal star, but in, in the real world, in their kind of culture, he's not accepted there, which was crazy for that. For but that's why WWE is so great. As you know, as we both know, it breaks barriers. I mean, we didn't have the women fighting. All of a sudden, we have women's matches over in Crown Jewel, and now you have them chanting Sami Zayn, who is taboo in that country when it comes to you know, the nationality situation and religion, man, I can see one of those one day, man, one day it could be a possibility. Sami Zayn's over there wrestling and crown jewel because WWE helps break down those barriers. But 
who knows? We don't know. I, I'm just maybe I'm, I'm just kind of being hopeful about the situation. Hey, you remember in the match when the uh, crowd was uh, telling Jay they were doing the Usi chants? <laughs> it got to his head and he was kind of smiling and, and kind of laughing. They were trying to knock him off his game. But like you said, man, Jimmy and Jay, the twins, they're intuitive with one another. They know exactly where they're going to be. They've had a lot more experience in the ring, um, of course, with the background of their family in the wrestling history. Uh, so good, man. Just so good. Uh, we'll have to maybe see if they're going to uh, get back with the new day and tangle it up because back on SmackDown, it looked like uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods wants another crack at the uh, WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship. Yeah, they definitely um, have a match scheduled on Friday Night SmackDown for the, the titles. Well, the next we have Bianca Belair and Bailey. And holy cow, I'm just going to get jump right into it because uh, towards the end of the match, uh, of course, as we know, Bailey was on top of a golf cart and uh, Becky, uh, not Becky, I'm sorry, Bianca Belair threw Bailey off and she landed on a table that I, I was still rubbing my back for the next 30 minutes after it. It looked super painful. It was a pretty physical match. And uh, of course, we end up finding out that Bianca Belair gets the win and she retains her title against Bailey in a uh, last woman standing match. Yeah, no, this match was good. Um, they really did. Uh... Uh, did a phenomenal job since it was a last woman standing match, you know, um, hitting each other with chairs, kendo sticks. And yeah, that spot. Uh, I mean, I, I did like the golf cart thing. That was just so funny how they brought the golf cart out. <laughs> it's the comedy of it, right? Yeah. And then, you know, Bailey's on top of it, but it reminded me of the undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in the, um, in the casket match. Yeah. See match. Yes, where Sean over uh, shot Undertaker, didn't throw him far enough, and the, his back hit that edge of that casket, and it jacked him up. And when I saw that to Bailey, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's about to be hurt again and be injured and be out. But luckily, um, it looked from what I've seen, and I haven't heard anything on social media, that um, it was fine that she didn't hurt herself. Um, but definitely, that was probably a scary a scary. Um, part for me seeing because I was like oh man this would just ruin the match if they had to stop it but that just shows you how tough Bailey is you know taking a spot like that and with these um high flying um athletes or spots there is just prone to you know an injury can happen if you just miss it by a quarter of an inch or uh, a centimeter that you know you could hurt yourself uh, tremendously when you do a spot on the table or anything. So happy that Bailey wasn't hurt. I mean, I was wrong, you know, thinking that um, Bailey would uh, win the title to show the dominance of damage control. But does she get another title shot? I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. Maybe they do a war games thing with uh, Bianca's team against Bailey's team. We'll have to see about that, but not sure. But overall, I I was I love the match. Um, I mean, this Bianca's just the greatest, the fastest, you know, her words. And that's why she's our defending raw women's champion. Yeah, no doubt. It, that that bump was uh, definitely vicious for sure. Uh yeah, we'll see, Fanboy Day, because we have Survivor Series coming up. And what better way to get the two teams together 
in a Survivor Series match, or like you said, they're bringing War Games back, a girls and a boys match. So we might see it here. And it could be one of those things where Bailey says, hey, if, if my team wins, then I want another tile shot. And Bianca's like, hey, if you lose, you don't get any tile shots. Back to the end of the line. Uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, go ahead. We're going to take a break real quick. When we come and then back. We're going to talk about Bray Wyatt and his appearance at uh, Crown Jewel. And we're going to follow that up with, of course, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. And we're back with Brothers of Discussion, and Bray Wyatt comes down and cuts a promo. What did you take from this promo? Did he give you did – he, did you feel like you got a little bit of info, kind of unlocking what's going on with Bray Wyatt and his character? Yeah, well, it was kind of interesting because, you know, he was talking about, you know – saying that nobody loves them. And then the, the WWE universe, the fans are saying, we love you. And he's like, no one loves him. And then he's like, people love the idea of what he can do for them. But basically trying to still show that he's alone, no matter how excited the WWE universe is, is for him to be back, is that he's still trying to show that he's still alone and it's only him against his, um, you know, his um, thoughts or his uh, monsters that he has in his head and that he's dealing with. And it was very interesting. Um, I mean, I think sometimes uh, you have to watch it frame by frame whenever they show like the quick, you know, things of how they or like the different pictures and the vignettes try to figure out where they're going with this. But what it all comes down to it's just basically Uncle Howdy's basically saying, quit, basically quit lying. You're lying to these people. You're lying to yourself. You know, just basically embrace who you are, according to Uncle Howdy. But then also, I don't know if you saw on um, Twitter, but like that, that freeze uh, image of the girl smiling. It looked like she had the, the saw circles on her cheeks but some are saying that that's might be his his actual sister so i don't know if she's a wrestler uh but again you know just uh speculation from the internet and people uh just saying you know things that you know could she be a member i mean it's just very hard to see where this is going but i'm enjoying it i mean i know some people are saying they're dra dragging this out but that's the way Bray would want it. It's like you're telling the story or of a movie. Like you just can't get to the good parts. Like you have to go through all these things and be like, oh, this is a, this is the reason why this whole thing's coming about. And I think sometimes in our world today, uh, self uh, or we need a graphication really, really quick. And nobody wants to have patience or wait for a story or something to develop. No, I agree. And I feel like we've gone through life where we're watching movies and there wasn't a fast forward button. Of course, we had the VHS back in the day and I guess DVD players, you could fast forward. But you know what I mean? You couldn't DVR raw and fast forward through it. And so we can live through it. And I think we can appreciate what they're doing here. They're really uh, trying to get everybody invested into it. And like you said, it's it's a quick gratification. We want to know now of what's going on. but. I feel like, again, this engages the fans, especially in this particular spot with Bray Wyatt's character, 
because a lot of people are, yeah, they're out there on Twitter and things of that nature. Oh, I think this is Liv Morgan. Oh, you know, I think he's toying with Bliss because I think he might be going after her. So we'll have to see, but I'm with you. Let it develop some more. Let's see where it goes because now it's kind of like, it's one of those situations where you got so much time uh, invested in it. But again, we can't know now because like you said, I think it is part of why it's planned and Triple H is letting him do his thing. And so uh, we'll have to see how that develops. Maybe we get a couple hints on Monday Night Raw tonight uh, or even Friday Night SmackDown, uh, of course, this Friday. Uh, but yeah, let's go on. I felt like this was definitely the match of the night, wrestling-wise, and just, just for what it was. It was the undisputed WWE Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. And uh, at first, I was thinking... You know, we'll see what it's worth, you know, especially going in with the star like Roman Reigns. Can he hold his own? And he sure did. He really held his own throughout the night. I was super impressed. Probably my favorite part of the match was when uh, Logan uh, jumped off the ropes there and did that uh, buckshot lariat. Uh, It looked way better than CM Punk's, I'm just saying, because of that flip. It's so much momentum going into that springboard. But yeah, and then, of course, you know, he gets his buddies from his YouTube channel he gets their phone and he's doing a live feed and he does a uh, uh, frog splash uh, off the top rope onto the table where Roman Reigns was laying. Uh, so a, a couple of good high spots there and uh, thought the match was great. The only thing I didn't like about Logan Paul was when his uh, his attempt to do the sweet chin music. Oh, it was it was it was god awful. It was god awful. I didn't like it. I te- I texted you right away and I was like, oh my gosh. He was training with Shawn Michaels, and this was the best he could do. Uh, of course, he wasn't going to hit Roman with that with the move, so I think that that was a little hesitation on his delivery of the move. But I felt just like it could have been better. But man, overall, well, he, well, he, took, he took he took too long tuning up the band. He, he, he was tuning up the it. he was tuning it up too much, man. But uh, his brother and I was about to spill his name out just a while ago. Uh, Jake comes out. And he helps defend his brother. Of course, the Usos come out, and of course, Jay goes out or Jake goes out there, and he uh, he gives the Usos a good, quick one-two punch. You know, gets them out because uh, you know he's just trying to be the equalizer for his brother. Uh, so that was a kind of a fun spot, and of course, eyes on the product, right? And so having him out there, it's even more eyes because even though they're brothers, they have different followings. But yeah, man, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good match. Um, I think Roman Reigns was giving him a lot of credit, a lot of credibility to Logan Paul because I think he was even impressed. Yeah, no, this match, I mean, uh, say what you want to say about Logan Paul, but I think he has found his calling. I mean, he is a tremendous athlete. And of course, you I mean, I wasn't a big Logan Paul fan. I mean, I knew who he was, but I mean, just to show the work that he's been putting in and and th- you got to think about it. this is his third. Look at everything. This is his third match ever in the WWE. And you're fighting the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And you're actually throwing uh, Superman punches and land them on, on Roman Reigns. And, you know, doing the standing moonsault and doing these uh, moves. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that Logan Paul um, if he decides to do this full time, is going to be one of the greatest superstars of all time. But I mean, he has a shot to do something really good if if this is what he decides to do. Because people don't like him already, so obviously there's money there to being a heel 
always and just like, oh, I wish that guy would just get punched in the face. Like, I do not like him. And um, I really think now with him um, unsuccessfully being the tribal chief, which we have both said that he ain't going to be Roman. He's not because tribal chief is just on a different level. Um, but I like the seeds that they, that they, uh, they did uh, or they put for us to think about, but now with Jake Paul coming to help his brother, do we have the Usos versus the Paul brothers? And then the Paul brothers are the team that takes off the tag team undisputed championship uh, from the Usos. So um, I don't know if um, Paul um, wants to um, come and be a professional wrestler, if he just wants to stick to boxing, but there is money to be made with them too. If they are WWE superstars or sign a, a contract for a few matches, but the Paul brothers, the sky's the limit for them in WWE, especially Logan. I mean, I could see him as a intercontinental champion or even the U.S. champ, uh, as long as he keeps grinding and putting the effort that he did um, uh, against the Tribal Chief and and just wanting to learn and and just keep keep um, at the performance center and getting better and better. I mean, some people joked around and said he's better than Dominique Mysterio. I'm not going to open up that can of worms, but I mean, you can make an argument for it. Yeah, I think the Paul brothers, they're definitely down to do business. And that's a very interesting match that you kind of stated there with the Usos and the Paul brothers. Uh, I can definitely see that. Uh, again, puts eyes on the product, puts eyes on their brands because they have their own brands. Uh, yeah, man, some people are even saying, going back to this match, they're saying this is probably the arguably the greatest celebrity crossover match in pro wrestling history. The only person that I can think of that I enjoyed a little better than this match is the uh, Kurt Angle Ronda Rousey match versus uh, Triple H and Stephanie. I thought that was just superb uh, crossover, if you will, match. I think I had to rank that one still a little higher. I don't know if it was because it was the mania and the environment, but I thought she did. That was probably her best match still to date to me. Uh, yeah, but does that even count because she's really not a celebrity? You know, when I think well, it's. What yeah, but but Logan, but Logan Paul, he's a he's a celebrity, and you're a celebrity based on what you do, right? So he's a he's a yeah YouTuber. he's an entertainer with YouTube and stuff, but he's specifically he's a boxer too, and so I don't know. I mean, you can argue one way or another. I mean, your celebrity is someone that just someone probably holds higher praise to. I mean, well, no, I, I would say Ronda Rousey is celebrity. Ah, uh, maybe, but no, I mean, I mean, I'm still gonna say Bad Bunny. <laughs> his match oh um, yeah I, I can't yeah i can't roll out bad bunny that's uh man i didn't even think about bunny i thought he did he did great too um of course i just felt like i wanted to see that run and not match a little bit more at mania and so that probably had, i have a little bias there but you're right that bunny did a great job i mean we definitely better did better right, than we better say it right for the people bad bunny bad bunny i give Bam. it to him um, as being still the celebrity that did really, really well. Well, do you but, think his performance outweighs Logan Paul's here, or Logan Paul, you still think has the edge here? I'm gonna say Bad Bunny uh edges out Logan Paul 
for you just want to get his tickets or you want to be think no. you want to be invited to his thanksgiving or something no, i don't listen. <laughs> i don't listen to his music no i'm just saying because in in all i mean yes they're both celebrities but bad bunny uh he's a he's a performer you know he's a, a singer a rapper or whatever he is logan paul is yes. now more of a, a an athlete like you said boxing wrestling you know like that so yeah um I'm gonna say Logan Paul is probably a better athlete than Bad Bunny, so that's why I started to give it to Bad Bunny for being a celebrity because he did a hell of a job. At very that. good point. So no, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah, you're right. Bad Bunny did a phenomenal job, and uh, yet he's not an athlete. He's a you know, of course, a rapper singer, and so yeah, I would then on based on that predecessor, I would say yeah, Bad Bunny would probably be uh, the best celebrity crossover for sure. Not even close. But hey, hey, let's get into uh, something I saw over on social media this past weekend, and it was our good old friend Jim Cornette back in the 90s, one of the greatest uh, managers of all time. I definitely would put him up with Bobby the Brain and Paul Heyman. Those three guys are just awesome as far as speaking. Um, and I, I listen to Jim Cornette podcasts. Um, he's got a pretty good podcast, very lengthy, but you got to you know pick and choose what you want to hear from his podcast. But he was given uh, Sami Zayn some praise. I knew we would fit Sami Zayn in here at some point in the show because obviously he was not a part of Crown Jewel. But yeah, Jim Jim Cornette says, oh, I've been feeling oozy. Let me tell you something. I've never thought I would say this, but I think now Sami Zayn is my favorite person to watch on television. El Generico, of course, this was uh, Sami Zayn's, you know, gimmick in uh, Ring of Honor, El Generico. Uh, he was basically saying El Generico certainly wasn't, but Sami Zayn is incredible. And Sami Zayn responds back to Jim Cornette saying, my dog, you know, so uh, kind of fun in character and acknowledging Jim Cornette. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see someone like Jim Cornette, who is very serious about the business, um, where he's all about professional wrestling, but he's giving Sami Zayn praise here. So it's kind of nice to, it's refreshing to see even the old school wrestler, uh, wrestling guys, um, can see the value and see what Sami Zayn is bringing to the table right now with the bloodline. I mean, I I still would have some, um, I guess, hesitation to kind of believe what Jim Cornette says because Jim Cornette says a lot of stuff. He and, does. And is he does he truly mean that, or is he just trying to get like clickbait? You know, so people are talking about Jim Cornette and this and that. I mean, I know. Let's hope to say that he is actually giving Sami Zayn praise for his hard work and what he's done, because I mean, he is right. And just like our people, Sami Zayn uh, with the bloodline is the hottest thing on WWE TV. Uh, so, and uh, it's just awesome to see Sammy um, get more recognition um, from people that were in the business for a long time. What I do know is you don't miss with Shayna Baszler. You you just have to ask Natalia. Did you watch Friday Night SmackDown? Man, I did, and uh, yeah. So the reports come out. Of course, Shayna Baszler uh, gets a knee to the face to Natalia, and she uh, damages her nose so much that she went in for surgery. Actually, today she dislocated her nose. Dislocated it, and she has surgery to put it back to the center of her. Of course, her face. Of course, the symmetry of her nose back together. Uh, it was kind of one of those Humpty Dumpty, you know, set on the wall and putting the uh, putting her back together because, yeah, Shayna Baszler 
made uh, Maddie head to the surgery table. Um, you know, Shayna Baszler used to be dominant in her NXT run. Um, I'm sure this was an accident, but it also just shows that you could use this and remind people like, hey, don't miss with Shayna Baszler. She's going to hurt you and, and break something off you. Uh, so definitely, um, yeah, they could use this for a storyline to make her character even more vicious. Yeah, so Natalia, uh, she says specifically, and I quote, we move my dislocated nose back to the center of my face where it belongs. I love the shape of my nose and it will stay the same. Thank goodness. Can uh, She said, she goes on to say, I can finally breathe again. And she says, pain is beauty and wrestling is real. So it was a good, it's kind of a good look for Shayna Baszler because again, again, going back to a few months ago when she was fighting Liv Morgan, I was hoping to see this vicious side of Shane ba Saint Shayna Baszler. And here, this really kind of, uh, it's kind of one of those where this could really springboard Shane Baszler if you use this right, like you did with Becky Lynch. Because you remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Nia Jax broke her nose, correct? Yep. And that's when Becky Lynch, we got the Becky, we don't give a, you know, F, Becky Bex, right? And 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 they kind of built that character. So, man, if the WWE can use this into a storyline or use this into her character, and I hope they do, and I, I'm uh, surely they've thought about this. So we'll have to see. So to say, did you see that uh, they're starting to release some dates for the 2023 winter uh, months ahead coming up for Raw? And specifically, they're going to have the 30th year of Raw anniversary uh, there in Philadelphia on the 23rd of January. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see this because, as you know, they usually bring back legends of the past and just thought I would mention it today on the show. Oh, yeah. No, I saw I saw the uh, the Raw um, logo and I was like, oh, let's push some buttons. Let's get people mad because it says Raw is. X, 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 but those are supposed to be, I guess, 10 for 30 for 30 years. But it's just like, ooh, getting back to the Godfather whole train days, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. And I saw the, like you said, the logo, it looked like the 97 Raw's War, but it says Raw is with the three X's representing 30, Raw is 30. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, hey, tonight on Monday Night Raw, let's talk about the here and now. There's no matches that have been announced other than. Seth freaking Rollins is going to open up a uh, he's going to issue an open challenge match for his United States title. Uh, any if you can name name three people that you think that would be fun to watch or you know in a match with Seth Rollins tonight here on Monday Night Raw. I think we're going to get somebody from NXT to come out and challenge Seth Rollins just because uh, they're probably going to go the same route that they did with. Um, the women's SmackDown open challenge because we had um, Emma come back. And why wouldn't you do the same thing with that? I mean, not, not you're going to bring a new uh, superstar or past superstar every week, but I, I, I'm going to say we're going to have somebody debut tonight to face uh, Seth uh, freaking Rollins for the U S title. Hey, bring it on, man. It'd be interesting to see that if that's the case, uh, has a little fresh, you know, fresh feel to the uh, Monday Night Raw and definitely somebody that can they can elevate uh, getting their eyeballs on someone from NXT that's going to be on Raw. Of course, obviously, more people watch Raw than NXT. Where do we see um, as we leave off 
where do we see Roman Reigns go from here uh, moving forward as far as title pitcher, who could potentially be his next opponent? Uh, because obviously, I man, you have to have him at Survivor Series. Uh, or or do you? We talked about this too. Because, you know, Survivor Series is a lot of the, uh, you know, the five-on-fives and the four-on-fours and the war games. Do we not get Roman Reigns on the card? Oh, may not, but you could have the bloodline and, you know, this system that they're doing with Roman Reigns not being at every uh, premier live event. Um, Yeah, I would think it would be the bloodline doing something. Um, Do you need Roman there? Because at the end of the day, um, I've been talking about forever, your, your match that you're waiting for, Roman Reigns, Rock, that happens. It's 6.07 p.m. Roman Reigns will lose the undisputed championship on the night after WrestleMania if he fights The Rock at WrestleMania 39. Book it against either Cody Rhodes or Bray Wyatt. All right. Well, you definitely heard that first here on Brothers of Discussion. I got one question for you. What did you do with your extra hour? Did you sleep? Did you drink? Or did you watch WWE? Well, with my extra hour, watched a little bit of, uh, slept a little bit, got up, checked out my fantasy football, fantasy basketball lineups. It just gave me an extra hour to do that. And also, of course, obviously, do a little research and, and read up on the WWE news coming out of uh, Crown Jewel. So, but yeah. I'm, well, I, I, I heard something that this is the last fallback um, because I guess they're going to vote to keep it just regular. Um, so this was the last. Oh, fallback. well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely been news. A lot of people, some people like it, some people hate it. Uh, but they're talking about how, yeah, they don't want to do a time change period going forward. Um, Arizona is one of the only states that doesn't do this. So the whole they're talking about the whole United States not doing it. Do you do you like the fallback? I like the fallback so I can get an extra hour of drinking. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, I don't like it because I'd rather have the daylight. I'd rather have light outside to to stay active and do things outside. And but but I'm with you. If I can get that extra hour, heck yeah. <laughs> so hey, well, this is gonna do it, guys, for brothers of discussion. This is episode 19 with fanboy Dave and Big Kev. See ya! Yeah.